0: Start with Ahankar. Bhagavad Gita is a 700-verse conversation between Lord Krishna and warrior Arjun in the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Just before the start of war, Arjun gets the feeling that war would kill many of his friends and relatives. And argues that this is bad from many points of view. Arjun's dilemma emanates from his presumption that "am doer, aham karta," and is also known as ahankar. This ahankar keeps us telling that we are distinct. But reality is different. Though ego is usually given as meaning to ankar, but ego can be taken as one of many manifestations of ankar. The entire conversation is about this ankar, be it directly or indirectly. And Krishna gives various paths, milestones, and add sticks to get rid of it. If we take Kurukshetra war as a metaphor, all of us enter into situations like Arjun did in our daily lives, be it in family, workplace, and in terms of health, wealth, relationships. As long as one lives, these dilemmas are natural till Ahankar is understood. Gita is about what we are and certainly not about what we know nor what we do. Like no amount of theory can let us ride a bicycle nor swim. No amount of philosophy can help us unless we see life eye to eye. And guiding principles of Gita would help us to reach the final destination, the inner self which is free of amkar. From surface it appears that times have changed since Gita was given to Arjun by Lord Krishna. Certainly, there is a lot of change brought by developments in science in the past couple of centuries. But in reality, from an evolution standpoint of view, humans didn't evolve any further. The internal side of dilemma remains the same. Outer manifestations like trees might look different, but inner part, the roots, remain same. Next in the series is on Contradictions in Life Contradictions in Life As it is said, all roads lead to Rome. All paths given in the Gita lead us to the inner self. Some of the paths appear to be in contrast with each other. However, this is like a circle where a journey on either side would take us to the same destination. The Gita operates at various levels. Sometimes Krishna comes to the level of Arjuna and sometimes he comes as Super Soul, Paramatma. This creates difficulties in comprehension at the initial stages as both these levels appear to be different. Scientists face similar difficulties while understanding the light at the beginning of the last century. Initially it was proved that light is a wave and later it was realized that it also behaves like a particle. Both theories appear to be opposing each other but light, with which we are so familiar, is a combination of apparent contradictions. Similar is life. Once an elephant entered a village and a few blind men attempted to identify and understand it. Depending on which part of the elephant they touched, they imagined what an elephant might be like. The one who touched the trunk said that elephant is like a long and rough creature. The one who touched the tusk said that this animal is hard as a rock. Another who touched the stomach said that it's huge and soft and so their deductions went on. Different perceptions of one reality is the reason for all the differences we see in the world today. In reality, the elephant is none of these, but it is also all of these. Our state of mind is no different from these individuals, with people, things, and relationships being that enigmatic elephant. Partial understanding leads us to misery. The Gita is essentially a journey from a partial understanding to a complete one. Like in the 80-20 principle, even a few steps in this understanding can bring joy to life. Next in the series is on, it's here and now. It's here and now. The Gita is about what we are. It's like being truthful, apart from knowing the truth. And that happens when we are centered in the present moment of time. The underlying dilemma of Arjuna is, what would happen to his image in the eyes of the world if he kills his friends, relatives, elders and teachers for the sake of kingdom? This appears very logical and this is the first barrier to be crossed if one has to live the Gita life. The real dilemma of Arjun is about his future. Whereas Krishna says that we have the right to do karma but no right to the karma fall. Why? Because karma happens in the present and karma fall is something that comes up in the future. Like Arjun, our tendency is to strive for outcome-oriented actions. Sometimes, modern life gives us an impression that future outcomes can be controlled. But in reality, the future is a combination of so many possibilities over which we don't have any control. Once again, it's our Ankar feeding on our past and projecting future on the present creates dilemmas. Coming to space, the entire universe consisting of galaxies, stars and planets is characterized by rotation which is primarily a stationary axis or hub and a rotating structure. The hub never moves And without this hub, no rotation of a wheel is possible. Every storm has a calm centre. Without it, no storm can sustain momentum. The farther away from the centre, the greater would be turbulence. We too have a calm centre, which is nothing but our inner self and the turbulent life with its many attributes, revolves around it. Arjuna's dilemma is about one of such attributes, his image. Like him, we form images about ourselves by looking into the eyes of others, rather than looking into our inner self. Gita says that the time to be is the present, and the space to be his inner self. Next in the series is on Mind Games. Mind Games Gita lays emphasis on our senses as they are gateways between our inner and outer world. Neuroscience says that Neurons that fire together, wire together. The Gita's words to convey a similar message using the language of its time. Our brain has about 100 billion neurons. Some of them are wired by DNA to take care of automatic functions of body and some are wired by us during our lifetimes. On the first day before a driving wheel, all of us found it difficult to drive and then slowly got used to it. This is because of hardwiring that the brain does with unutilized neurons to coordinate all the activities involved in driving. Same happens with all the skills starting from simple walking to sports to complex surgeries by a surgeon. Hard wiring saves a lot of energy for brain and makes our lives easy. A newborn is a universal baby capable of many things. The domestication done by family, peers and society leads to formation of many neural patterns. These patterns expect us to look for a particular type of impulses and sensations from external world and we work hard to get them. For example, we all like to hear praise about ourselves as our neural patterns expect and enjoy the same. These patterns are foundations for expectations, prejudices, and judgments. Combination of these patterns coupled with efforts made are nothing but ankar. And in today's world, success and happiness are defined as getting sensations matching our neural patterns. One gets centred in Self, once these are broken, as a result, joy flows as we are no more dependent on external sensations and Krishna calls it Raman. To live a Gita life is to use various instructions and instruments given in Gita to break these patterns which makes us joyful and free of judgments next in the series is on gyan karma and bhakti yoga gyan karma and bhakti yoga gita appears different to different people based on their orientation There are three different paths given in Gita – Karma Yoga, Sankhya Yoga, and Bhakti Yoga. Karma Yoga is ideal for someone who is mind-oriented. Sankhya Yoga is for intellect-oriented, and Bhakti Yoga for heart-oriented. In today's world, Majority falls in the category of mind-oriented. It is based on the belief that we are tied up with chains and need to work hard to break them, to free ourselves. So it's action-oriented. Any conversation with them would end up with what should I do now? This path leads us to Nishkam Karma, which is unmotivated action. Sankhya Yoga is also known as Jnana Yoga and this is about awareness or knowing, but not knowledge. Its beginning point is the belief that we are in a dark room, and have to just lighten a lamp in the dark to quell the darkness as no amount of action or fight can remove the darkness. This path takes us to realize about choiceless awareness. Bhakti Yoga is about surrender. They equate themselves as a wave which owes its existence to ocean, and the ocean being Paramatma, the Supreme Being. At the beginning, the language and the understanding of these three paths would be quite different. If a path of awareness is explained to a mind-oriented person, he would keep looking for some action for awareness. Certainly, these are not watertight paths and combination of them is what one experiences. For example, when karma and sankhya paths meet, we will get awareness that final destiny of all karmas is a mirage and would become unattached to karma while performing it like an act, in a drama. Just like the entire universe is combination of three particles, electron, proton and neutron, the spiritual world is combination of these three paths. Krishna says, all these paths have one common destination of realising Self, which is free of ankar. Next in the series is on Rule of Law. Rule of Law. The Gita is about maintaining harmony in the inner world and the law is about maintaining order in the outer world. Any karma has two parts. One is the intent and another is execution. In the words of law, they are called using Latin words mensaria and actus reus, in the context of crime. For example, a surgeon and a murderer both plunge a knife into someone's stomach. The surgeon's intention is to save or cure but the murderer's intention is to damage or kill. Death can occur in both situations, but the intentions are completely opposite. Law is situational while the Gita is eternal. Driving on the left side of the road is legal in one country and maybe an offence in another. law is black and white but not life which has many grey areas. As long as one pays taxes, the law is not bothered about whether it was done with pleasure or pain. Law is comfortable as long as execution is within the defined parameters of law of the land. If someone is thinking of committing a crime, law wouldn't bar that. But the Gita says, this thinking should go. Bend the tree when it is small. Gita says, be aware about karma when it is at the intention stage, which is in the present. And we don't have any control once it goes to execution, which is in the future. While the focus of lies on execution, contemporary moral literature tells us to have good and noble intentions. But Gita helps us to transcend beyond intentions. When intention, good or bad, meets with success or failure, either ahankar gets a boost or internal build-up starts like lava which would burst at a weak moment. Both the situations take us away from our inner self. Just by observing one's intentions, one can transcend them and reach the inner self. Next in the series is on Being nimitta Matra. Being nimitta Matra The Gita was born in the battlefield and the current COVID-19 days are similar to the Kurukshetra battle. One phrase in the Gita neatly sums it up. Nimitta Matra, just being an instrument in the hands of the Almighty. Arjun wanted to see the reality of Krishna as it is and needed an extra sense to grasp the same, just like the blind man needed an eye to see complete elephant. He was given the same by the Lord to see the Vishwarupam of Krishna. Apart from showing reality in space, Krishna gives him access to the future and Arjun sees that many warriors are entering into the mouth of death. Then Lord says that these warriors would die soon and you are just an instrument in that process. Krishna clarifies that Arjuna is not the Kartha and secondly, he ensures that Arjuna would be free of Ahankar when he comes out as victor as victory is the biggest booster of Ahankar. At the same time, Krishna didn't let Arjun leave the battlefield. Nimitta Matra is internal realization and what flows out of this is bound to be pure and free of ankar. In the times of COVID-19, a person on the street or in a situation room, the difficulties are similar to those of Arjuna. With virtually no treatment in the near future, we are simply Nimitta Matra inside and should do our best in the role assigned to us outside. This small realization can actually be a boon as many concepts of Gita are not clear until they are experienced in life especially in a tough situation. A lump of coal transforms into a diamond under extreme pressure and gold becomes pure in a flame. These testing times are breeding grounds to nurture the realization of Nimitta Matra. And this small thread has the potential to take us closer to our inner self through the path of surrender. Next in the series is on Manifested and Unmanifested. Manifested and Unmanifested. A small change in the trim tab attached to the rudder changes the course of a large ship. Similarly, A nudge to study the Gita can reorient our course in life. Time available due to the current COVID-19 situation can be utilized to dive into the Gita. The Gita is an eternal textbook from kindergarten to post-graduation for internal realization. And it is likely that in the first reading, very few concepts are understood. They can be easily understood if you approach from the viewpoint of manifested, which is within the realm of our naked senses and unmanifested, which is beyond our senses, including the scientific instruments built to extend the senses. The story of the manifested goes from the Big Bang to the formation of the stars, then to the fusion of the atoms in the stars and spread of these atoms in the explosion of stars. This led to formation of planetary systems and finally to the appearance of intelligent life. It's an accepted fact by the scientific community that these manifested life forms, planets, stars and even the universe have a definite time frame of existence, though the estimated time scales may vary. Our understanding that we exist from birth to death is correct from the manifested point of view. As per the Gita, from the unmanifested point of view, we exist before birth and after death. With this clarity at the back of our minds, we can easily understand the relationship between them as explained in the Gita to attain the goal of realizing the unmanifested which is moksha. While the ahankar is the obstacle, the amount of ananda, the joy, one gets filled with irrespective of pleasure or pain outside is an indicator of that distance traversed to reach the unmanifested. Next podcast is We are our friend and enemy too. We are our friend and enemy too. In the Gita, Lord Krishna says that you yourself are your own friend and you yourself are your own foe. The following story of trapped monkey illustrates it well. Some nuts are kept in an earthen pot with a narrow mouth called Surahi in which the monkey's hand barely fits. The monkey inserts its hand by squeezing through the mouth of the pot and grabs a fistful of nuts. As the fist is full, its size goes up and the hand Cannot come out of the pot. The monkey makes all sorts of efforts to get the closed fist out of the pot but fails. It keeps thinking that someone has laid a trap for it and never realizes that the trap is set by itself. No amount of explanation would convince the monkey to let go of these nuts. Instead, it would think that we are trying to grab its nuts. From the outside, it looks quite simple that it has to drop a couple of nuts to loosen the fist so that its hand comes out. But realizing the simple fact when we are trapped is the challenge. The closed fist is our foe and the open fist is our friend and it's our choice to open or close, making us friend or foe to ourselves respectively. In life, we encounter so many similar traps. Those nuts are nothing but I, my, me and mine. Ahankar binds our hands to them. Gita repeatedly tells us in so many ways to let go of Ahankar so that we are free of these traps thus leading to ultimate freedom. It's easier to get the realization about these traps when we slow down rather than in a Fast paced world with a lot of noise. The opportunity presented by COVID 19 is an ideal time to come to these realizations. Next in the series is Krishna in Corona. Krishna in Corona. The Gita contains many master keys which have the capacity to open up many doors and bypass the hurdles we face in the path of self-realization. One such master key is to see yourself in others and others in you. Krishna implores us to realize that it's Him in all of us and He is hinting at the unmanifested, which is formless. Krishna elsewhere asks us to raise ourselves to bow to a donkey or a thief as if we are bowing to the Lord. Based on the inputs brought in by the senses, our minds are programmed to divide and judge situations into safe, pleasant or unsafe, unpleasant. This is necessary and useful to protect us from imminent dangers. Like any technology, the mind is double-edged and crosses its mandate to become our master. This is essentially the birthplace of Ankar. What this master key says is to make the mind a slave, to minimize division and judgment so that cohesion and unity appears. No complex physical entity, including our body can survive without this cohesion. When we use this master key, we develop compassion for others and raise awareness about ourselves. The best way to realize this is to start with a person whom we consider a foe for whatever reason and see that person as the Lord. Certainly, it is difficult as many unpleasant memories and feelings are attached to them. And with time, that unpleasantness melts to give way to joy. In fact, there must have been situations where all of us have done this and we just need to put it into practice more often. Awareness about self and compassion for others are the two oars of the boat to row in the path given by the Gita towards the shores of the inner self? Once we understand this, could we see Lord Krishna in Karuna? Next in the series is Pain Follows Pleasure. Pain follows pleasure. Transcending polarity our duality known as dwandvate is another master key in the gita krishna advises arjun repeatedly to attain this state the common question that intrigues humanity is how does unpleasantness and pain come to us even when we strive to make sincere efforts to attain pleasure Instead of looking deeper within, we reconcile ourselves by saying that maybe our efforts are not sufficient. However, Ahankar coupled with hope motivates us to restart the process of pursuing pleasure and this goes on till the end of life. Understanding of dvandva answers this question. In the manifested world, everything exists in relation to its polar opposite, that is Dvandva. Birth is polar opposite to death, pleasure is to pain, win-lose, profit to loss, attach-detach praise, criticism, conditional love, hate and the list goes on. The rule is, when we chase one of these, its polar opposite automatically follows. If we lift the stick from one end, the other end is bound to raise. Another metaphor is that of the swinging pendulum. When it travels to one side, it's bound to come to its polar opposite side. As per the principle of polarity, the pain of COVID-19 will swing to pleasure in due course. And history shows that similar difficult situations have brought us pleasure through improved science and technology. Extreme polarities like COVID-19 have the potential of accelerating the travel to the inner self. Krishna tells us to transcend these polarities. Being in the present is transcending the past and the future. Similarly, unconditional love is to transcend conditional love and hatred and so on. All we need is awareness of these polarities and to observe them when we are swinging between them. As long as we live, exposure to polarities is natural and this awareness would help us transcend them. Next in the series is Controlling Mind. Controlling Mind Arjuna compares the mind to the wind and wants to know as to how to control it so that it maintains balance. Krishna says that it's certainly difficult but it can be achieved through the practice of Vairagya. The mind is evolved to judge inputs brought in by the senses into safe and unsafe and uses memory while doing so. This ability helped us survive and prosper during evolution. The same ability of the mind can be used for internal judging which is called awareness. We can feed our own thoughts and feelings back to the judging mind to improve the quality of judging. Similar feedback mechanisms are used to enhance machine learning as well as to stabilize electronic systems. Lord Krishna is hinting at developing this faculty through practice. As this does not come naturally. In terms of neuroscience, it's like building new neural networks. It's easier to understand Vairagya by understanding its polar opposite, Rag. Rag is broadly a chase for pleasures in the manifested world, like physical beauty, careers. And material positions. As per the principle of polarity, every rag ends in a vairag, but our attention is always on rag, and we tend to overlook vairagya. Some philosophies like Stoicism advocates the use of death, which is the peak of Vairagya. It's called momento mori that's constantly revisiting death. In this, they keep something as a reminder of death at a prominent location in the workplace or at home so that they constantly revisit it. Indian philosophy refers to this as Samshan Vairagya. Krishna says that, if you put vairagya into practice, it will stabilize the mind at the center. These lockdown periods gave us glimpses of vairagya moments. A small stick of vairagya generated can help us to attain a balanced mind for peace and joy. Next in the series is, Being Witness. Being Witness. If one word could describe the entire Gita, it would be drishta, a witness, which appears in many contexts. An understanding of this is important, as most of us think, we do things and control situations. Arjun, who was about 60 at the time of the Kurukshetra war, had lived a good life and enjoyed all luxuries. As a warrior, he had tasted victory in many a battle. At the time of war, he felt that he was the Karta. Aham Karta, Ahamkar, and felt that he would be responsible for the death of his kith and kin, which led to his dispondency on the battlefield. The entire Geta is Lord Krishna's attempt to tell Arjun that he is not the Karta. The natural question that follows is, if I am not karta, then what am I? Lord Krishna explains in the Gita that Arjuna is drista, a witness. Due to 60 years of good and bad life experiences, Arjuna finds it difficult to grasp the idea that he is only a Sakshi and not the karta. Only the Lord's painstaking explanation convinces him of this fact. Though most cultures tell us that we are just a drista, those at the start of their spiritual journey end up being confused with the idea. Drista, sakshi is a state of intellect but not manifest in the physical world. It is the ability that helps us to step back from the day-to-day happenings around ourselves and have internal stability. It helps us realize that though it is in the nature of the things to give us pleasure and pain, we should always act without desiring any particular outcome, karma fall. It is the ability to witness our feelings and subordinate them. Next in the series is Sattva, Tamo, and Rajogunas. Satva, Tamo, and Rajogunas. Most of us believe that we are the cause of all our actions and masters of our destiny. In the Gita, Lord Krishna says that interaction between gunas, properties, characters, creates karma, but not due to any karta. Three gunas are born out of Prakriti, Mother Nature, and bind the soul with the physical body. The three Gunas, satva, Rajo and Tamas are present in each of us in different proportions. Sattva Guna is the attachment to knowledge. Rajo Guna is the attachment to action. And Tamas leads to ignorance and heedlessness. Just as the combination of electrons, protons, and neutrons produce materials with a wide range of properties, the combination of the three gunas is responsible for our nature and actions. One of the gunas tend to dominate over others in each one of us. In fact, interaction among people is nothing but interactions between the gunas of the individuals. A magnetic dipole placed in an electromagnetic field rotates along the field. Objects get attracted in a gravitational field. There are so many physical and chemical properties. Similarly, karma happens not due to any karta, but due to gunas. Lord Krishna points out the inbuilt automaticity in the physical world. Even our own physical body operates fairly automatically. While the analogy appears to present a tidy framework to explain the relationship between the gunas and karma, realization of this truth and the transition is possible when one experiences sink in. The main obstacle in this path of realization is ankar. Our domestication makes us believe that we are the Karta, giving rise to ankar. But in reality, the interaction of these gunas, creates karma. Lord Krishna says that this responsibility of self-improvement falls squarely on our own shoulders and none other can make this happen. Next in the series is equanimity. Equanimity. Samatva Equanimity is a common thread that runs across the Gita. Lord Krishna highlights Samatva bhav, Samatva dristi, and Samatva Buddhi at various places. Samatva is easy to understand but difficult to internalize. The degree of Samatva in us is an indicator of our progress in the spiritual journey. In the physical realm, most societies have accepted Samatva as equality before law for all citizens. Krishna gives many examples of Samatva when he says, The wise sees as equal, the prey and the predators, pleasure and pain, profit and loss and so on. The difficulty with humans is that we tend to identify with one or more artificial divisions based on culture, religion, caste, nationality, race, and many more. The ability to overcome these divisions and to treat two different people equally is the first step towards samatva. This is naturally much deeper than exhibited behavior. The next level of progression in samatva is an ability to see two people close to us with samatva. Examples include being happy for success of our children's friends especially when our own kids didn't do well, treating mother and mother-in-law equally, treating daughter and daughter-in-law equally and so on. The highest level of Samatva is the ability to equate others to ourselves. It is the ability to maintain samatva when others get what we believe belongs to us, like a promotion, fame, credit, property and so on. This comes when we can see others' weaknesses in us and our strengths in others. Krishna advises us to see ourselves in others and others in us, and finally to see Krishna in everyone and everywhere. This is nothing but Advaita, which says there are no two. The obstacle in attaining this highest form of samatva is our mind, which is trained to divide. Instead of allowing it to dominate, we should be able to make it subservient. Next in the series is Transcending Gunas. Transcending Gunas Krishna says that there is no karta for any karma. Karma is in fact the result of the interaction among the three gunas, namely Sattva, Rajo, and Tamas which are a part of Prakriti, the nature. Krishna advises Arjun to transcend these gunas to be free from sorrows. Arjun wanted to know. How to be gunatit, transcending gunas and what a person would be like when he attains this state. Dvandvatith, transcending polarities, drista, witness and samatva, equanimity are the qualities that are enshrined in the Gita. Krishna indicates that a combination of these three constitutes gunatith. According to Krishna, a person who has attained the state of gunatith is one who realizes that gunas are interacting with gunas and therefore remains a sakshi. He neither craves for a particular Guna nor is he averse to any other one. Gunatiti is simultaneously Dvandvatita also. After understanding the polarities of pleasure and pain, he remains neutral to both. He is neutral to praise and criticism as he realizes that These are products of the three gunas. Similarly, he is neutral to friends and enemies, realizing that we are friends to ourselves and also enemies to ourselves. The physical world is polar and swings are natural. On the other hand, A swinging pendulum also needs a stationary point. Lord Krishna is hinting at reaching that stationary point from where we can just witness the swinging without being part of it, that is polarities. Gunatid gives equal importance to gold, stone and a handful of soil. This metaphorical comparison conveys that he doesn't assign higher value to one and lower value to another. He values things as they are not as valued by peers. Krishna further says that gunatit is one who shuns the feeling of karta. This happens when we realize through our experiences that things are automatic and there is hardly any place for karta. Next in the series is Four Types of Devotees. 4 Types of Devotees Krishna says that there are 4 types of devotees. The first one wants to come out of difficulties and misery he is facing in life. Second one desires to have physical positions and worldly pleasures. Most devotees fall in these two categories irrespective of culture, gender, belief systems and so on. Krishna says that these two kinds of devotees pray and perform rituals to various devatas. It is akin to approaching an appropriate doctor based on the ailment one suffers from. Krishna further says that the desires of these devotees are fulfilled because of their Shraddha. It is in essence a form of surrender. The following example will illustrate Shraddha. Two farmers who have adjacent farms decide to dig a well to irrigate their farms. The first farmer would dig for a day or two and upon not finding any water would change the location and start digging afresh. The second farmer persistently kept digging at the same place. By the end of the month the first farmer is left with many ditches and the second one got water from the well. Even when our senses don't find anything tangible like water in this case, it is inner Shraddha that keeps us moving as in the case of the second farmer. Shraddha is a fearless, positive force and free of doubt. Krishna hints that he is behind the Shraddha which results in success. Sraddha in our relationships, family ties and profession has the power to achieve miracles. The third kind of devotee is about to cross the boundary of desires. He is a curious person and seeks knowledge of self. The fourth kind is a jnani, a wise one, and he has crossed the boundary of desires. He sees the Lord in everything and everywhere and has attained union with the Almighty. Next in the series is Sat, Real, and Asat, Unreal.